0: This
1: Welcome to the Psychoethical Podcast. Uh, it's me again, Andy Cat Kirk- Patrick. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm laid on the set E this what day is, it? what is it? it's Thursday. i am laid on the set E. Um so it might sound a bit strange. Uh what's that woman? What's that, te- you know, that band Texas? Whatever that woman in Texas, apparently she did a whole album like laying on a set E, changed the sound. Uh so it's about twelve o'clock on Thursday. Uh, I didn't go to bed till two because I was uh I was in Newcastle yesterday on tour um so i'm a bit, I'm a, bit I'm a bit wasted i've got lancaster tomorrow uh, which is friday so i thought i'd get, I just thought i'd get this podcast done uh on time because it's uh you know it's good to get these things it's good to get these things on time um it's funny you know, when you're when you're really getting into you listening to your podcasts it's kind of if you you know if, the, if a new podcast doesn't turn up it's kind of this it's sort of uh it's sad like you're really waiting for something to you know you you, you have like this uh place, you know like they're almost like your friends and you just want to you want to listen to hear them hear them but it's kind of sad like you, v- like i think that eric weinstein's podcast he hasn't done one for for about for you know like almost like uh 6 or 7 months or something so um so yeah maybe it's a bit like, you know when you when i went to, when i was uh when I went to sixth form when I was a kid, so when I was, well, I was a teenager, I uh I was doing art and history A level, uh, which I, f- <laughs> I failed I failed at both of them. Um but so I started going to started going to sixth form. Uh, I don't know why. I think yeah, I wanted to go to art college, so you need to have an A level so go to art college. So I so I started going and I kind of had this idea that it was gonna be this like is it collegiate? This kind of collegiate atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. But it, it wasn't really. It was just a bit shit. Like, my, I really love history, history A-level. and um, and uh, but, it, but basically, I was just, like, sitting. There's only two people doing history A-level. And then we we both basically sat in this... Uh, the, the school I was going at, they were closing it down. And they were amalgamating it with another school. Uh, which then eventually they closed that one down as well, so none of them exist anymore. Um, it was basically like, it's, it's, you know, we've got these two shit schools, let's amalgamate them. And if we make them into, like, you know, you know, to, if we make make two shit schools together, we'll maybe make a good school. But basically just made a like an even bigger shit school than they had before, so they just knocked it all down. I don't know what happened to the, all the kids, but maybe just left them in there. But I had this... Um, anyway, so I had to walk to the other school to To do history A level and it you know it was like every you know every couple of days you have to go over there and literally literally you just sat in this room with this with this kind of tired old teacher who looked like he would he'd just rather like drink himself to death and uh and he would just literally just read from his notes probably from when he did you know history at school you know like fifty years before. And it was just so fucking boring. All you were doing was sitting there, just like, just just writing out. You know, you might as well just fucking just give me the bits of paper. I'll just take them. You know, just photocopy them, give them to me. So my handwriting was terrible. So I couldn't. I can't. I couldn't actually read my own notes anyway. So it was pointless. A so pointless exercise. Um, so yeah. But when I when I did when I did history, all level history. One reason, like the all level history, was everyone was like scared shitless of the teacher. It kind of went around that he was some sort of like karate black belt but he just didn't he, he just didn't take any shit. So he had a lot of discipline in that classroom and it was just really interesting. He was a very good teacher. He was like one he was probably like the only good teacher in that whole in that whole school, I think. So um uh, what was my point? I was talking about uh history um school what the what, what was I started talking about? God, I can tell I'm tired cuz I can't uh, let me see, but let's go backwards in time. So I was talking about history, doing history. Yeah, it, sixth form, that was it. So, so anyways, I had a shit sixth form. I had a six, his, six, shit history teacher. And also I was supposed to be doing art, but there wasn't even a fucking art teacher to do A-level. So I was just like left on my own devices. I would just basically left on my own devices. God, God, school was so shit in those days. And, uh, and so I started going to sixth form for like a couple of, maybe like a month and stuff. And then I just sort of stopped going. And my mum was working, so my mum would go to school and I'd be like, oh, I have to go in later on. And then I just like sat at home, I used to watch Spinal Tap every day. Like I literally watched Spinal Tap like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. I just watched that every day and... uh I used to watch neighbors that was kind of cool. I basically became a bit reclusive really. you know these days they would say I had something wrong with me, like I always had depression or whatever um, Anyway, eventually uh eventually I decided I had to I should go after like you know seven months. I decided I should go in and no one seemed to chase up, ask where I was or anything uh you know because the school was basically closing down anywhere. So anyway, after about seven or eight months, I thought I'd better go in and just sort of see what see what was going on. I could probably just like rock in there and no one would notice. Anyway, I turned up and it wasn't there anymore. It'd been knocked down. So, um, so yeah, so it'd all be knocked down and it basically, it basically moved to a sixth form college somewhere else. So at the beginning of the next year, I went, I went, just went to that, started going to that college and, uh, and just, um, and that was shit as well it was kind of a bit better but by, I was just shit it wasn't, it wasn't the college it was shit I was just shit and I didn't, didn't get any A-levels at all so um, it was a bit of a pointless two years uh, and what was my point the point about not going in um, uh, why was I talking about 6 form? oh god this is going to be like a fucking rambling rambling podcast <laughs> I was talking about not going in talking about going to Newcastle uh, talking about Mm. Oh, I can't even remember. My, I can't even remember my, my train of thought. I'm gonna have to. Maybe I should rewind it. So I said, "Hello, I'm tired," and um, something about sixth form. It was something about not going in. I think. I think it was that idea about not going in. What did I say? Mm, Coming late uh, oh God! Never mind, never mind. This I'll I'll I no, it'll come come to me. So I was, so I was talking anyway. So I was talking till um, I didn't get into like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and it's always it's always kind of uh, like when you're on tour, the big thing is to not get too tired because tomorrow, like I've got, i basically got like four four gigs one after the other starting tomorrow. So you just kind of get worn down, and the tighter you get, your 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 brain starts going. And because you're standing on the stage, you haven't got any notes or anything. You just have to be a little bit on the ball, because you can get a you know you can kind of forget where you forget where you are. Like yesterday, I was on the stage and I couldn't remember the name of Lou Kenya, which is a crag I climbed at in Kenya, and then I couldn't remember Hell's Gate, which was another crag I climbed at. And I actually asked to I just had to say to someone in the audience, "Anybody know where this is?" And he was like. Uh, hell's gate I was like that's the one so so yeah you start losing it a bit like I was I was thinking last when I was thinking about when I had this job on um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the like Tim Burton film there was you're on this set you're on a set and the lighting is exactly the same like the reason you have a set rather than cl- filming outdoors is you com- you can completely control the environment and the lighting so you just literally press a button and the lighting is exactly the same every day you know weeks for weeks on end um, and the problem with that is there's no you don't get any sense of time because the light doesn't change and the, that job was so boring that after about two months of being on this ginormous set that's in it's like the 007 soundstage uh, in Pinewood Studios like after after two months sometimes I'd be standing there and be like have I just got here or am I about to go home? Like, what day is it? Like, I literally had no idea uh, where I was or what time it was. You know, it was because it was just like this. Like, every day was exactly the same. So, so someone told me a story that they they were in the um, SAS and they got this guy and uh, who was on some kind of inter- interrogation training, and they put him in a barrel like a like a oil barrel and they closed it and then every hour they put some food through the bottom um you know like put his breakfast in and then his dinner in and then every hour uh and he thought he'd been in this barrel for like a week but he'd only been in there you know for like two days or something I'm sure I'm sure two days is bad enough um this is, why why am I talking about this i don't know uh um <laughs> so I was I was, I was so anyway, it, it kind of went again, like all all the gigs. They're all they're all like not as busy as they'd usually be. But you just have to. It's it's all about the aggregate of how many how many bums on seats you have for the whole the whole tour. And um, so I was driving. I was driving back from there. It was like at midnight. <laughs> I had to stop at the services to get a, some coffee. So I didn't like to crash my car, and uh the poor like the woman working in the coffee the coffee like Costa coffee in the services like the services were completely dead this like woman all by herself like working behind the thing and I was thinking like Christ like what is what a what a job just cuz often like if you have a shit job but what makes it not shit is the people you're with you know often often you can get like a good job with shit people or a shit job with good people and it's better to have the you know like in the long run in the in the short term you can deal you can deal with shit people, but in the long term you know you be- you're better with 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 you know people who make your life better really and so i was trying i thought of, i was thinking often when you work in that kind of uh retail kind of hospitality thing people don't treat you like a human being they just think you're of a um you know remember like remember transformers you know it was like transformers robots in disguise. So there's you know someone who <laughs> worked in the shop and he to someone used to go part timers robots in disguise <laughs> anyway, that guy actually weird Steve he was called he actually turned up on um university challenge, which is kind of weird anyway um uh anyway, so I was trying to talk to the woman like she was a human being, and I was saying oh, do you meet do you meet many vampires? do you get many vampires coming in here and I was saying you could make a really good Sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer series, but with a woman who works in Costa, uh, who fights vampires and things. Uh, like it would be quite hard because you always have, you'd have to be you'd have to be uh, available to make coffee for for like truck drivers and you know people who drive around at night. Um, there's only one other guy in there. Um, there was one there was one other guy in there, and it was kind of weird in that he had really badly shaved hair. Like maybe someone else must have done it because it was like really patchy. And then I was wondering if maybe he had tattoos under his head, but I actually think it was just really bad, bad, um, bad shaving. But when I when I went out, when I went outside, he had uh, he was in his big van, and it was uh, it was called like um, it was called like it was like some like five star kebabs or you know luxury kebabs or something and he was basically frozen kebabs and he would drive it looked like he was probably driving around the country at night delivering luxury kebabs it wasn't luxury the word was it wasn't the, it was like a really inappropriate term inappropriate as in it just was like just over the top it was you know it was like you know like royal kebabs or something or something something like that um so originally i thought he had i think originally i thought when i drove up that he was a someone who did brakes and i was going to go and ask them because when i was driving to the gig suddenly there was this like rattly sound like i've just spent like 700 quid on my car getting it fucking mended because the people who who um who uh did the they got a service like a year ago i new timing belt on and they didn't they didn't put a bolt back in so the timing belt has been rubbing so they luckily i have driven you know been driving all over the country luckily it it didn't go but anyway i started to pay for 700 quid so it's like one it's like snakes and ladders you know you you're making money but you're spending you're spending money in the process so i just thought you just thought, it's just thought it is what it is so i um uh so i just paid that all this money and i'm driving driving to newcastle and suddenly this like weird sort of noise and uh, like coming from the from coming from the side of the car and i sort of pull over and i'm like or oh, maybe it'll just disappear. Start driving again. It's like, no, this is it sounded like something was dragging on the bottom of the on the on the ground. But just couldn't see anything what the problem was. So then I ended up like going up to a guy in a van. I was like, Excuse me, can if I just drive up and down on this like the parking area here, can you tell me where the sound's coming from? And luckily he was like he was he was down with it. So I just like drove really slowly backwards and forwards and he was like, It's coming from your wheel. So I ended up having to like lift the car up, like, you know Luckily, all my my training from Africa, I had to like literally change a tyre every day. So I'm very good at it now. So I lifted the car up, took the wheel off, and then there was a... Behind where the brake is, the brake pads, there was like a metal plate that somehow come off. Um, It looked like some sort of protection plate maybe, hopefully. Anyway, it kind of come off and it was sort of like banging into everything. So I just had to take that off. It was off anyway. Take it off and then shove it in the boot and put the wheel back on and then keep driving. So that's a a job for me to fucking sort out. But it's like every no, it's impossible to get anything done at the moment because nobody has any staff. Like no, no garages, no no nothing. So it's um, you know it's uh yeah it seems to be the seems to be the, the, thing. So I'll just have to drive and just hope, my wheel doesn't fall off or something. Um, uh, so, so yes, yeah, so I almost went up to this guy uh, with this piece of metal I'd got off my car. And say, Excuse me, do, do, you, do you know what this is? <laughs> Seeing as he's like sold fucking kebabs, he'd be like, Uh, no. He'd uh, probably think it was some, it actually looked like it had some sort of weapon. It looked like a, a scythe or something. He'd probably think I'm gonna murder him or something, um, which could actually fit in quite well with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. I could be like a, some kind of serial killer. Um, it was a really, it used to be a really good program called, it was like a really old, it's like from the 60s or 70s. Is it called something? It's called Night Stalker. It was like a man's name, Night Stalker. It was an American program, and that was kind of cool. It was like a guy who was like a reporter who went around, and he had to every episode like there'd be like a vampire or the Yeti or something. And that was kind of cool. But anyway, so you could make like a version of that, but with someone who works at Costa Coffee, you'd have to change the name because you would not be able to use it for licensing. You know, for you know, you'd have to call it like um, Roster Coffee or something or Rawbucks. <laughs> A hoster books or something um so yeah but i was and anyway, was trying to cheer the woman up and i was i wasn't cheer. i was i'm sure she was happy she thought well she thought she was happy and uh um i was telling that this thing i'm like you know every everybody everybody um every every job that people do no matter how you know bad it is like through that job they learn some wisdom about about humanity about about the world. And I'm like... So I I always give this example. I've probably said this before. This example of... I once asked somebody... Who sold ice cream in an ice cream van. I was like... What have you learned in your life... From selling ice cream to people? And he thought for a minute... And then he was like... Mm, people really fucking love ice cream. So... Anyway... So I said this to the woman. The woman laughed. And then... Uh, maybe... Sometimes you're not really used to somebody... Being like... You think like... Why is this person... Why is this random person being so chatty? Like, is he on drug? Is he on drugs? Like, is he gonna rape me? Is he a you know psycho or something? It's kind of sad, isn't it? I I think the saying that when people you know in I in Ireland everybody is quite chatty, so you ask the directions and you get like you know like in America if, you know like people just tell you um, you know you could be on the bus and you're the Dalai Lama and um, and he's and basically the person behind you. Uh, just starts telling you about themselves, you know, without saying, "Oh, you look like a very interesting person. Where are you from?" And it's like, "I am from Tibet," but my, my, <laughs> you know, he could tell you, okay, great story about you know being I was the chosen one, and then China invaded my country. I had to flee, and now I basically, you know, hang out with superstars and stuff. I was funded by the CIA and all that kind of stuff, but um, you know, but they don't. They all they do is just like talk about themselves, basically uh but in um in uh in Ireland, people if you ask directions people will basically you know tell you a big long tale but it's always it's always really interesting it's never really about them it's always about you know other people and stuff it's it's kind of cool a lot of these days people probably do probably do it less probably do it because 'cause they're probably terrified that you're gonna just by talking to someone that you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill you so um so, yeah, so I was like, so but, and if she didn't seem very, people are often very not very forthcoming with telling me their wisdom, the wisdom of what they've learned in their job selling coffee. So, I was, I had to sort of you know, I'd sort of set it up now, you had to keep going. So, I was like, well, what, um, I was like, do you think most people, if you actually ask them, like quiz them on the coffee, would they actually know what it is they drink? you know, like, so what's the difference between a flat white and Americano, or what's the difference between? You know this coffee or that coffee? Because I was I once in a, I was once in a coffee place, and I ordered a latte, and the guy, the guy was like, um, "Oh, latte, the coffee for people who don't like coffee." And it's probably it's probably true, really. So you probably you know I once I once went to an Indian restaurant, and we ordered some poppadoms, and the guy refused to to, to give us any, and he said, "I would not give my children crisps before they had their tea." And uh I thought it was quite. I thought it was quite cool. Anyway, quite a cool thing to say. But one of the people got really upset. Like, I want poppadoms. You, you know, like, you know, you're here to service me and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. But anyway, poor, Yeah. So I didn't. Maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe it's not poor. I was. I had a little conversation about. They have these kind of like, vegetable based. I always. I keep saying that, but anyway, plant based. Not not bacon sandwiches. Where it looks like a bacon sandwich and you pay for it, and you get in your car, and you're driving along, and you open, it, it's like, what the fuck's this? And it's like, those Razzler, is was that, was that, that a porno magazine? Razzler something, um, uh, like, uh, any Rizzlers. Are there Rizzlers? I know they make cigarettes out of. Anyway, it was just this, like, you know, it, it's supposed to look like bacon, if you've never seen bacon. If someone's describing over the phone what bacon would look like, that's what this looked like. And anyway, it was, like, this, absolutely disgusting. So yeah, that's that. I need to read the. You shouldn't read, You shouldn't really be putting fucking non-bacon bacon sandwiches next to bacon sandwiches. That's like really, you should have a completely separate place for them. ideally, like in a in a skip, because the woman said no one buys them. I only your only people who buy them are idiots like me who don't really pay attention to these things. So, so yeah, I keep so yeah I keep using the word vegans in my talk, and I have to be. I think I must. I think I might be losing people because get people don't like that kind of, you know, that offensive kind of language. So, um, I had a little. Of a, I I suddenly thought about something then. I had a little side. Was it about bacon sandwiches? What was it? What was it about? Like I know I'm. I'm I'm rambling here. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to the point in a minute. Um, bacon sandwiches. I bought a bacon sandwich. Oh yeah, that was it. When I was in. When I was in Newcastle, I needed to get some food because it's good to eat, it's good to eat something before you go on stage and it's good to eat something at the half time because otherwise you have a bit of an apparently you have a bit of an energy dip uh so I went I went over to the it was like opposite the Newcastle Opera House Newcastle Theatre and Opera House it was like a little tiny uh corner shop and I don't know if you I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember Mr Ben so Mr Ben is you know this man he would go into a shop into like a tailors and the man was like magic who owned tailors. And he would say, put on this uniform and then go through this curtain. And he would find himself in this magical world. So he'd put on the uniform of like, uh, it wasn't a uh, you know, First World War soldier and he'd go through the curtain and he'd be in the First World War or something. I'd put on the uniform of a train driver and he'd go through and he'd be like, "Where well, there was trains or something. Um, anyway, this was like that, but it was like, but like to do with porno magazines. It was basically, I opened the door and there was Mr. Whatever his name, who owns owns the, owns the Mr. Ben's shop, and uh, there was just this massive big rack of porno magazines. Like, no, it wasn't. It was, it was like two massive racks. You know, you usually have the top shelf. I don't even have it these days. You know, you used to in the olden days, you had the top shelf was all porno magazines. Unless you're in Norway. In Norway, all the porno magazines were on the bottom shelf, which is kind of weird. I think it's kind of you know indoctrinate children into it's okay you know, like sex is not a bad thing. Well, like it obviously is. So anyway, so they have all the porno magazines on the top, but he had like just two massive shells of porno magazines and no other, ma- there was no like woman's world or tidbits or whatever. There was just like these two, ma- these two things. Um, and I said to him like, Oh my God, like what's, 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 what's going on? Like, it's like going back in time in here. And, uh, I thought, you know, the people not have the internet <laughs> in these parts? It was really weird. He was like an Indian, he was like an Indian guy. And, uh, I bought two Snickers, bought two Snickers bars and some crisps. Not good, not good, healthy food for uh, for being on on the stage. But it was okay. And it was at one of those places where it's like, oh, you have to spend more than three pounds to to use the card machine. It's like Christ, what's this? Anyway, that's, that was another thing when I went to the theatre. They said like, can I? I need what's the Wi-Fi code to use the theatre? And they're like, oh, we have to charge you to use the Wi-Fi. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, have I actually gone through some sort of wormhole? And I've gone back to like, you know, the 2007, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was kind of, it's kind of a bit weird really. So maybe that's Newcastle for you. And Newcastle seems to be, it seems to be quite, you know, it seems to be stuff going on. There was a really odd like one way system where, you know, you put you pull up at the theater and they say, oh, you need to park, you have to park in the car park, the multi-story car park behind the theater. But to get there, you have to go through this one-way system, which took about half an hour to go, th- go around to just get back to the other side of the thing. Uh, maybe that was some kind of like time time loop or something, wormhole that I went through. Um, so maybe we did go back in time. So but I seem to have come back to the real time now, so that's good. Um, so yeah, and that perfectly, that perfectly leads on to what I was going to talk about, and I was thinking... I w- I've got all, I've got like a big list of things I'm supposed to be talking about, but I thought I thought I'd talk about. Um, I thought I'd talk about regret, because regrets, regrets are kind of interesting thing, isn't it? Like people, people don't really talk talk about it that much, but it is it is like a real sort of very. It's a. It's like a pillar in your in your life in a way, isn't it? Regret. Um... I think often people I think often people who have like the least amount to be regretful for are also the most regretful. And maybe it's because um like some people don't really have lives that they um that they uh what's the word? Um it's not illustrated lives. They don't um They don't really think they don't really think about them, their lives or their past or whatever. They're just uh, always, always kind of... They're just not really interested about the... <laughs> some people aren't interested in the past. And they're not interested about the future either. They don't really think about it. And they just kind of go through life as as if... Um, do you know those like, video cameras you can put on your car that stick that are on the front of your wing mirror and they're filming everything that goes on? But they're only filming... You know, they're filming they're just rewrite, overwriting themselves the whole time. You know, so it's just, you know, every hour it, re, it overwrites itself. And so there's no there's no record of the past. And they can't see into the future, although they're looking down the road, which which is, if you look down the road, it's kind of seeing into the future, if you know what I mean. So um, they're just overwriting themselves the whole time. So maybe, maybe a lot of people are like that. They're just you know, they don't really think about, don't really analyze, analyse the past and they don't really think about the future. They just think that tomorrow will be like, tomorrow will be like today because uh, yesterday was like, you know, yesterday was like today. So why would tomorrow be like today? And it probably is. Um, well, I think other people, some people, they spend a lot of time thinking about the past. Now, they, the Victorians, like it's, Nostalgia is not is is different to regret. Um, nostalgia is probably the opposite of regret because nostalgia is ro- only remembering all the good things and none of the and none of the bad things, um, which is maybe a, maybe a, like amnesia is <laughs> maybe some form of amnesia or delusion is is quite good, because um, I have this thing where like, you know, I I, I never thought thought of myself as an ambitious person but then when i met ian parnell i thought he was the most ambitious climber i'd ever met and he was like and he but he thought i was the most ambitious climber he'd ever met uh which is kind of weird i was telling someone yesterday about uh, i've met a friend who's who was in the military and i was he was saying that when you're a climber you know like you mean like if you're like a a military kind of you know um uh, what do you call it um uh command structure you know you're being told what to do and you have to do it, but when you're climbing you're not you're 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 on you know you're you're commanding yourself basically but I said what what happens is usually you're with someone you kind of respect as a climber you not might might not respect them as a human being, but you kind of respect them as a climber or you think they're gonna not be too dangerous or so if they're gonna be dangerous it's gonna be dangerous in a way it's not gonna be is going to be positive for you, but not negative. So they might kill themselves, but they might do a really hard pitch, which you wouldn't dare do because it would be too dangerous. Um, but you have this kind of thing where you always see the other person as stronger and more motivated than you are, and you're kind of, you know, you're a lesser climber. But they also feel the same about you. So you both kind of create a whole, a, a you know, you, the, the, the team of those two people is uh makes one very very positive you know force and that's what can keep you going and the 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 thing to avoid is for both people to, vo- to voice doubt um you know or want to retreat at the same time because you, you know you you you're trying to live up to that other person's standards that you imagine and he's trying to live up to your or she's trying to live up to your your standards so it's um it's kind of interesting. It's probably a bit like if you're in any kind of, you know, um, not management. If you're like the, if you're leading some kind of team or whatever, you have to try and pretend to be the person who is, you know, like someone who people would would follow. Like if people have no respect for you, or if you have no respect for yourself, well, I can, you can you can probably have no respect for yourself to some degree. But deep down you need to have some kind of respect for yourself, otherwise people will be able to tell so they't wouldn't, they wouldn't follow you really. And that was this interesting thing about this guy I met who was Palestinian, and he was saying that Palestinians have no no currency, no um they have no embassy, they have no passports, but they 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 treat themselves, they see themselves as being someone worthy of respect where he, he compared like a palestinian to an egyptian like he said egyptians are treated like shit in the middle east by everybody because they think they think they're shit in a way they have no self they have no pride basically i'm sure i'm sure many of them do but a lot of them don't you know like you could you could slap an if you were like a you know a saudi you could slap an egyptian in the face and they probably wouldn't do anything about it but if you slapped a palestinian in the face they would probably kill you um so that 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 kind of self worth, um, you know, you do get it. You do get it in some people, but it's probably it's probably dying out. It's probably it's probably not. It's probably not good to you know to have too many people who have too much self worth in this world. You know, the, it, you don't know what they might get up to. So, but yeah, it's the you know, this thing that like a Palestinian will die, will fight to the death over a penny. I think he said, um, which is kind of interesting. You know they have that thing about Jewish people being tight. You know, like what's that joke like? you know, Jewish person and they have a fork in the sugar ball or something instead of a spoon or something like that. But, you know, but I, I wonder if, again, if it's not about, it's not about like, you know, you're basically Palestinians and, and Jews basically, you know, that, that culture is basically the same culture, really, you know? So there is, the, 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 they have the most in common, basically, you know, like someone who was, you know, multiple generations living in Israel, Palestine, and, uh, and a palestinian they have more co- more in common than they have with anybody else in the world but yet they're like they're kind of they're kind of well we we believe that they're enemies but they probably are like cousins really you know they are they are, they are separated by religion and other things but they are actually, actually actually cousins but a bit like they said they said that about when we the war in argentina between the the british and the argentinians that we were like cousins because we had such a strong connection in, in loads and loads of ways but i think the idea of um so the idea of like jewish people being tight with money or whatever you know it's kind of, it's kind of there is that connection there between someone being you know worrying over a penny and someone who kill over a penny like it's not about the penny it's about the res- the respect that should be due to that person um if you know what i mean does that make any sense so anyway, back to regret. So, so yeah. So maybe, maybe there is maybe if you have this kind of amnesiac kind of state where you never you never really consider the past, it's probably quite good. But you're probably you're probably not being able to. Uh, you're not, You probably so limits your ability to mature and uh, grow and um, learn from your mistakes. Uh, like when you when you when you you know when you're on tour, you're going around, and every single night you do, you all you think about is all the fuck ups, or the things you made a mistake at, you know, or you could have improved, or the time people weren't laughing, or the time someone walked out, or the time someone you know complained or whatever. You're never thinking about all the positives. You just you're regretting all the mistakes, and you don't like. I'm often very bad when someone asks asks for um criticism I'll just be really critical and I always take it for I took it I always take it for red that they understand that I actually I'm only making I'm only taking the effort because I think there's so much good about it that it's worth the effort like if it was shit like what's the point but um often people take it that all oh, there is is criticism but that's the kind of that's kind of the way you you know like you, I'm always more interested in like one star reviews on Amazon than they on like five star reviews uh, or three three star reviews, are, you know, can be good. you can have some positive things in there. Um, I, I don't like those uh, Amazon reviews where it says, um, uh, <laughs> you know, someone spends their whole life writing their book, you know, and they put everything into it, like their whole life and everything else, just a million edits and, and any anyway, the, the and then they get the first review is like one star and it says packaging was damaged. You know, it's like you fucking idiot. Anyway, um. So, yeah. So, be you know, it's sort of me being able to be regretful to analyze things you said and what you did, and to be regretful is 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 very very important. I think, like I I have this idea that I think in my children's life, I was I had the job of the job of your parent, really probably not being a parent just being a human being is actually to just sort of fucking man up and don't be a child don't be a baby don't be a child like don't um don't don't um broadcast your own drama um you can if you're having traumas and troubles and everything else you know you can you can find a you can find an outlet for that with your with people who are close to you who are adults But I don't think you should do it in front of your children. I don't think you should be, like, I'm really stressed or be crying or, um, you know, like, uh, you know, talking about your relationship problems, your divorce and all that kind of stuff. I think you really have to, like, not let your kids see that. I know some people would say that's not right because really kids should understand these things. But you You get like an education and all that very quickly as you get older anyway, but you really want you you really want your parents these people who are like stone you know they they love you and they will do everything to protect you and they will shield you from everything until you get older you know you should, you, you i have this thing when you know i once said um oh when i was a you know when I was a kid and my mum was there i was like oh when when we were kids we were really poor my mum was like Poor, poor. You were poor. I was poor. You were poor, <laughs> which is kind of, which isn't true really, because I was aware that we had no money. Like my mum used to say, "How are we going to make hens meet?" And I actually, I thought she meant like hens meat. You know, it's like well, you know, is that like just chicken or something? Anyway, so I was, I was aware of that, and it's not my mum's fault for for me being aware. We had that kind of anxiety, that poverty anxiety that you that you can sort of get. Um, so I kind of I do have regret. Like I think when I got, um, I think when I when I when I broke up, when I when when I got divorced, I have this joke at the moment. Like I've I basically had like three serious relationships in my life, and I've been married twice, and I've had like one relationship where I could have I could have got married. Um, and the when when my, when the when I got divorced the first time I was split with my wife, I think it I think it was kind of a long time a long time coming, so it wasn't that big a, it wasn't that big a deal in a way, and it was it probably was it it was obviously was a trauma for your kids again that's the that's the thing you can sort of delude yourself and think like oh my kids are fine with it and you know you know all that you can like make all these stories up but they're, but they're not fine with it. Um, but i think as as a, as an adult I think I probably dealt with that pretty well and then um and then like the second relationship that's got a broke up like that I handled that really really badly and i think um i think that's like a that's like that's probably the biggest regret of my life is not the first first thing and just in like loads of in just in loads of ways but i think um look at look at like we all we all i think most men, women, I think women increasingly so, like young women, but 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 less so, are in this kind of perpetual adolescence and that we don't grow up. And I think we are, you know, this kind of beta male, feminised man thing. And I think I I definitely, although I was this person going off doing Daring Do, really I was like just being this sort of Peter Pan, not growing up kind of person, not being responsible everything else and I think um I think that there were there were demand there were demands placed on me in like my second relationship that I wasn't I wasn't capable of achieving because I wasn't a man in a way you know like um and I think but in the in the process of breaking up I think I I realized a lot of those things and it kind of then made me mature enough to have like an a third relationship which which kind of worked because i was more i think it's that kind of i guess it's that what i'm talking about is emotional stability um which is in 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 short supply um these days <laughs> um like how you how you get that emotional stability uh you i don't know maybe you maybe you're maybe you map it from your parents really um like my dad has my, my dad has been doing so talking of regret like my dad is is a works for samaritans and he does he does work with like P people with ptsd as well and you know he's like he's retired now if he's, listen, if he's listening to this hope you don't mind I'm telling you age. but anyways like you know he should be just retired now playing golf and I remember say i said to him recently like you don't have to you know you, f- you feel like you're torturing yourself and just and inflicting a lot of emotional pain on yourself by dealing with other people's shit. Like I hope you don't feel like you feel like you have something to, you know, pay, you know, um, make amends for, like with your own kids and and all that kind of stuff. Because um, you know, I think as you, I think as you get older, like like I, you you often, but I think. But again like regret is actually again like I was saying on the last podcast it's often a manner it's a manifestation of love and kindness and caring um even if it even if it was a it was an absence of that in the past that that made you say things or do things um like lash out or be angry or something angry with your kids angry with people you love and all that kind of stuff and often the people the people you love are the ones you could be the most cruel to because you don't really the people the people you don't you don't you have no you know thought for or care for, like it you know it doesn't do them any it doesn't do any good to be you know you're just a you're just a stranger but you can really you know you can be un, incredibly cruel to people you love really um i think maybe maybe because you maybe because you feel like you know they they've hurt you and you'll hurt them and but often often all of it is just the miscommun- miscommunication and again a lack of being an adult about things um you know you sort of impulse control and everything else and you know i think like things you know things can really like spiral out of control with other, with people in your lives like you know rela- relationships with you know your family and everything else so, you know i think again like as you get older you see you see that it's, you experience it through other people and you're like, I must never, I must never allow those things to, to happen. I think now as I'm older, I, I, I really believe much more in um, early interventions of of people being honest, you know, like telling, trying to communicate in a way, like trying to, that, that why people, I don't know, it's like don't, It's it's kind of don't make it all about you. In a way, you know, like making about both that, you know, that, like, just try, try, and try, like, I just think we have, like, such a lack of actual real empathy these days. Like, all we ever hear about is empathy, but we have no, we have almost zero empathy, and it's all about ourselves, you know. Um, but yeah, like, trying, trying to, trying to avoid things which will then. Be regretful later on. That's the way to do it. Instead of being just being regretful, like you know, if you dis- if you're um, if you're uh, estranged from people, you know, like, just try and fucking sort it out. You know, sort it out before it's too late. Get in touch with people. Reach out to people. You know, because it's you know, there's there's some things that you know, some things that can't be sorted out. Some things just. And then you just have to die with them, basically, you know. So it's, uh, so yeah, trying trying to reduce the number of regretful incidents in your life, as you as you're going on, is good. It's thinking like this is something that I am gonna, you know, think about for the rest of my life if it's really bad. Like that kind of that's what, in some some regards, that's it's you know like post traumatic stress is basically a form of regret in a way. You know, so, some sometimes it can be. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't say this. You know, I left it too late. Um, I could have stopped this. All the all these kind of things. And then there's like post-traumatic stress, which is just something so um, you know awful that it like you know it's a bit like you know when you see like a really bright light and it and it and it kind of like sticks in your eye. I think it's like that. Like something happens to you. Experience something so awful that it. Um, It kind of gets singed into your brain. It's there there forever. It's not, you know, so, um, so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rambling on here. Um, but like that you could, you could avoid all regret by avoiding anything that could create the chance of regret, which would be avoid all relationships, um, Avoid any meaningful interactions with people, um, uh, but then that would, <laughs> but then would you know? Would you not get to an age where you're like, I regret doing that. I re- I regret having a life free of regret, and you know, it's um, it's like again, it's like that story about you know the monkey where they where they you know try to make, they try to find out how he could live as long as possible. So they got a monkey and they put it on like a vegan diet. Um, it wasn't allowed to smoke or take drugs or anything. Um, you know, it didn't really, you know, uh, it didn't, I couldn't have sex. Um, you know, and basically they managed to get this monkey to live like, you know, 20, 20% longer than a a normal monkey, but it was the most miserable monkey ever, ever lived. You know what I mean? So, um, like, regret is the more interactions you have and the more things you do in your life, um, the more mistakes you're going to make. Because it's, cause, like mistakes are easy to spot in retrospect. Like, why didn't I do this? Like, I've got so many mistakes to do with, um, you know, like just keeping my mouth shut or being, being political or whatever or just, um, you know... Just playing, just playing, playing the game basically. But I'm just not very good at it. So you can you can look back and you can sort of regret stupid things you did, you know, which were really really self destructive. But yeah, but again, it's like then it's kind of hot. But you also have to look back and, uh, you know, realize that those those things, that lack of impulse control and um, and lack of really caring about things or holding on to things that were important to you um also led to loads of other things you know there were, there's people who did everything right and played and and did the political thing and you know were like a grey man and they didn't get as they didn't get as far so it's just um what's the opposite of regret regret um yeah, what's the opposite of regret? I have to email if you think what it is regret. regret. Um, it's not happiness. No, is a hard? Regret. Con- contentment. Content contentment. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Interesting thing. What's the opposite? Uh, maybe it's just best not to. Maybe maybe it's good to have it in your mind of trying to avoid avoid it um but at the same time you know it could it could lead it could lead to far more regret so maybe just with all these things maybe just go with your instinct you know maybe just try and focus more on your, on your instinct and try and stick to some kind of have some sort of moral backbone and some kind of um you know shoot straight walk the line you know, tell the truth ish. Um <laughs> Um Yeah, try and instead of like focusing on the regret, try and focus on a very simple set of um principles that you can try and stick to that should stop you. Like don't kill people, you know, don't shag people you don't really know, uh don't take shitloads of drugs, um, you know, don't get really pissed, um, don't steal. Um, you know, all all this kind of stuff, because um, often a lot of regret come from those, you know, those kind of things, <laughs> especially the murder, that's the worst, um, depends on your murdering though, um, so yeah, mm, um, anyway, but ultimately regret is part of life, and if you're, if you're alive, then you can regret things, and if you if you're dead, then you can't. So, just kind of uh, don't dwell on it too much. You know, don't 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 waste your life thinking about. You know, when you meet someone who's like they're they're splitting up with their girlfriend, and that's all they fucking talk about. And some people, that's all they talk about for the rest of their lives. You know, like it just ruins their lives. So you can have like a little bit of regret time. You know, sit down like. Hmm what do I really regret and think about that thing and then think like what was the lesson from that don't you know you know don't open, <laughs> don't open your mouth or don't you know don't ramble on or don't 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 say these things or you know blah 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 and if you and if you and if you realize that you you are going to uh make life difficult for yourself because of because of your of your character and your you know temperament and everything else then just accept that's the way you are, and just and just don't regret it, you know. But just try and be conscious of who you are. You know, as you get older, you're more aware of who you are. So, um, so yeah, so that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. regret. I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sure like on those cameras you know the cameras where you it's like filming everything I've never had one but I'm I'm guessing that probably the data is in there somewhere you know you could go back and and analyze it but maybe just um you know it serves a purpose you know the, your memory is there to serve a purpose so just you know make sure it it, it serves a positive purpose not a negative purpose in your life so okay now i'm gonna go off and get a cup of coffee flat white maricola wherever and uh until next time